to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. and welcome everybody this is the man up podcast podcast number 131 hard to believe and we're glad you're here and where is here here is sugarland texas whoa actually we're in houston texas so grab a globe spin it around bang hopefully you'll be in texas fine texas southeast corner is houston and halfway between sugarland which is on the southwest side and Houston is where we are. We're in the new Man Up studio, and we're glad you're here. This is a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each of us on this interesting faith journey, and we're glad that you're here with us. You know, we've been going through a study of the Ten Commandments, and that's what we do. Uh, we're each on this individual spiritual journey. We have a Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship, or basically Sunday school class. It's men only. And what we do is we get together and go over a, a scripture and a lesson. And we talk it out, and, it's, and we bring it up to date with, with not only time, but also what's applicable to men. And we have a great panel here, and we do a panel discussion on this podcast. And these are the kind of discussions that you can't have just anywhere else. If you've been following us along, following along with us, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, and we're also uh, on Facebook at Man-Up, where you can... Post a question, and we'll be more than happy to answer it uh, on the podcast. And we understand that men um, are committed and have a time crunch because you may have work, you may have family obligations, and heck, you volunteer things that that you do. So, and we understand that not all of these lessons necessarily speak to you. So we we, we format this a little bit differently. What we do is we go over and have a basic overview from the panel of what the lesson entails. And some of it may really speak to you and others, it may not. And so we give you the go-ahead, the summary up, up front. And then what we do is we read the scripture and then just kind of peel it like an onion for the last half of the podcast and, and dig in a little bit deeper. And like to introduce the panelists that we have uh, today. My name is Bill Cox, and, and I'm the host, but I'm also I'm a kind of a sales guy, but I've been a, a writer and actor, and you'll hear me as I introduce the panelists, not only talk about what they do, but also what their avocations are and what their interests are, because you may identify with one of them a little bit more than the others. And we have a couple guys that are out that are our normal panelists, and so we want to go ahead and recognize them at this time. And uh, just want to let Robert Koshu, he's a uh, 
world-class trainer, also kind of the, the I guess call it the class intellectual, but uh, he's dealing with uh, with uh, parents and uh, health issues, and just want to let you know, Robert, that we're praying for you. Uh, also, out of town, but he's he's really doing a man thing, is uh, our class deacon, or um, Kyle Trahan. He's, uh, he's working and camping at the same time. That sounds like quite the man thing to do. So we're thinking about you, Kyle, as well. So, But I do want to introduce the panel that is here. And he is an attorney. He's also a prosecutor. We call him the judge. Mr. Michael Cropper is here. Hi, everyone. And he's a world-class policy writer, but he's also a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here as well. Hello. And with that, we've been in the Ten Commandments, and this is the last one, so we're going to, this is not the Tenth Commandment, but this is from the New Testament, and we're also going to, I'm going to ask the panel to kind of give, kind of like a summary of of the Ten Commandments and of this lesson that we've had, and it's been in the Baptist Way Press it's a Connect 360 study guide, and it's called The Pillars, uh, The Ten Commandments. And start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, popular culture uh, envisions heaven when you get there, that Jesus or St. Peter is there with a big book or big ledger that shows you uh, supposedly all the good things and all the bad things you did, and it's all going to be weighed. But, but really, if we, if we look biblically, we know that's, that's really not true. Those, those, that ledger is cleared. Uh, the account was settled long ago, as the song says. But my worry is that there will be a book when you get there. And in that book will be all the names <coughs> of the people you brought to the Lord. Kind of like jewels in the crown? Well, a little like that. A little, who did right. you bring in? Like a listing. and like a, Who did you network in? And uh, well, my worry is that uh, Jesus is going to look up my name, uh, shake his head and say, Steve, you had one job. Interesting. And what was that job, Steve? (laughs) Our lesson today, the Great Commission. (laughs) Michael Cropper. Yeah, uh, uh, folks, uh, by the way, uh, what we'll be talking about, and Bill will be reading the text a short time, it's called the Great Commission, as Steve said. Uh, I don't think it's in the scripture, the word commission, but in fact it is a directive from Jesus himself telling us what we should be doing as believers in Christ. Now, just want to remind you, last week we covered the greatest commandment of them all that Jesus himself said was as to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and also to love your neighbor as yourself is the second greatest commandment. And then uh, Jesus is going, directs us at the end of his uh, time spent on earth when he is taken up to heaven. He directs us to go out and teach other nations and others around us about Christ himself. And uh, like I said, the, the word commission is not in there, but it's, he says, I commanded you to do this. And so we're going to discuss a little bit about that and what, what in fact does it mean 
to go out and uh, teach the gospel and to make disciples of the rest of the world. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go ahead at this time and uh, read the text, and it's from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, I, honestly, I never even really thought about that, Steve, about uh, being gr- greeted in heaven and saying that it was only one job. I always, but I, I guess that's true. I always thought of faith as, faith as an individual thing, it should be comforting. Your faith should, as you go through life, should make the adversity easier to handle because you have faith shouldn't alleviate you from having adversity but that our job is to help people that are going through adversity by comforting them that being a major part of faith back we we talked uh in our study of john when we did that last chapter of john where where Jesus appears to the uh, disciples on the beach after he's risen from the dead. There's the great catch, and he has that conversation with Peter when uh, they um, they reconcile. Essentially, he comes to terms with the fact that he denied him three times. Jesus says, asks three times of, of Peter, do you love me? Uh, that If you look on our webpage, I, I wrote a blog back then, there's a sculpture of Jesus and Peter at the church built where they believe that scene happened uh, along the Sea of Galilee. And Peter is at Jesus' feet. At the same time, Jesus is pointing outward and very subtly handing the staff to Peter, as in Peter, feed my sheep, which is what what Jesus says afterwards. Exactly what you're speaking to. Peter seeks the comfort of the Lord, which is what we should find. But the Lord also says, you have a a mission. You have a job that I'm giving you to to bring people, bring souls to the kingdom. That's very interesting you brought that up, Steve, because I've got the four Gospels here and and the, uh, the Great Commission, or... And, and, and the first first three books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, give the commission, Great Commission, as, as you said. Uh, let's see, Matthew is the one that Bill read to us, folks, all authorities in heaven and earth. Uh, I want you to go out and make disciples of all nations. Now, in this, it's very interesting because they, they point out that he's talking to the 11 disciples. It doesn't mention he's talking to a lot of other people. If you look at that verse 16 in chapter 28. Then if you go to Mark, folks, and you look at the Great Commission under Mark, um, later Jesus appears to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does 
not believe will be condemned. And uh, Mark says you're going to have other signs that follow this. And remember, Jesus has given, has given, gave, he said, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth in Matthew. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will be, be by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So there again, this is directed to the eleven. And, uh, and then we go to Luke, the book of Luke, which would be verse uh, 46, of course, the last book of Luke. And uh, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus uh, are, are in the picture here. And after they talk and recognize Jesus at the table when he breaks bread with, the, with them, and they recognize who he is, they go find, and find the other 11 disciples. And Jesus then appears to them all, and he says, These are the world's words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Of course, he's referring to himself as a Messiah. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And again, he says, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the three, he commands the disciples who are present with him, and, and it specifically says the eleven. And one of the books says that there are other disciples as well. Now, what Steve brought up, and I thought was kind of kind of humorous, um, Peter has just come from the Sea of Galilee with the other disciples, and they were fishing, and, and Jesus appears on the, uh, on the beach, as, as Steve had mentioned. And uh, John the Beloved recognized him and says, that's the Lord. And so Peter jumps to the water and swims to shore and meets Jesus. Doesn't say much, but they all sit down. Jesus has fixed breakfast with some bread and some fishes. And he says, Simon Peter, he says, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he says to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He says, feed my lambs. There is a great commission. But notice it's to Peter. He's not right, saying right. it to the other well, ten. It's, it's, it's great. Right. It gets comical. Well, there's a little bit comical different here. story. I mean, there's... But, but, uh, but what does he do? No, no, it's funnier than that. After he says this three times, he says, he says you know I love you. Most assuredly, I love you. And then he says... Uh, and then he points at John, the beloved, and he says, well, what about him? And Jesus right. said, that's none of your business. <laughs> what, what he does for me. Of course, he knows, Jesus knows that they're all going to serve him. And they're right. all going to go out and preach the gospel everywhere. But Peter was worried about other <coughs> yes. people getting this great command that he's getting. And he says, uh, what about him? And Jesus said, Right. Not your business. So I thought you were you have to bring that up. Oh, Steve, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Well, because Matt, Matthew sums it up. I mean, in in, in a couple of sentences, uh, and uh, the but yeah, and it's and it's kind of restated in Mark the other the in different ways in the other yeah. in the other three gospels. Uh, we see a lot of it in Acts in action. Uh, we see, um, but I, what what I wanted to talk about a little bit. The there's a lot of pressure when you're when you're told to go out and get disciples. A lot of pressure, it seems, to basically go out and say, Hi, Bill, I'm a Christian. Let me tell you about right, Jesus. Right, like, right, right. Well, you know, and, and that... But we, we should look at ways to witness 
that do not necessarily you know, involve preaching. In fact, most of us don't have the gift of preaching. Uh, the people with the gift of preaching become preachers. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I think the Lord gives us our spiritual gifts, as Paul writes, but those, right. those are what we employ to carry out this commission. Um, well, and, you know, that, that's the thing about this, this podcast. <laughs> We're all men, but we all have different gifts. And you're absolutely correct. I, I'm, I'm terrible about preaching or witnessing or, or doing any of that. that. I mean, that's just not me. But I, and I totally enjoy encouraging I like serving. I like helping people out. That—that uh, that is me, and but that's being part of the hands and the feet of the kingdom. And like I've said before, uh, like our previous pastor Phil said, you can send paint and paintbrushes down to a mission field, and a building will get painted. But you send people down to do it and you change hearts and that's that's what it's about you know having people getting them used to helping and serving and and that kind of thing so, so as i understand it what what we're talking about here is you may not be called to go out and confront the person on the street and say you need right. to know jesus or you're going to hell right right oh there may right. be other ways right. which yeah. Steve in, is fact, in fact right? that's that's i think the most the most common way I'm, I'm going to put it this way we are we are agents of the kingdom uh, we are, we've got you know we, we are we are here to and again the 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 goal the mission is to bring to to make disciples to to go we go out to teach which we do in different ways not preach teach uh, right. Not right. judge, but make disciples. In other words, introduce the Lord, bring the Lord to people. And as as, as Saint Saint Francis of Assisi wrote, <laughs> has a great quote. He says, "Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words." Yeah. And 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 so we go and we we go and and, and like you're saying, by example, by witness. And, and also, the, the, the thing is, is and, and this came up in my class a lot, probably the, most, the best way is testimony, which sounds dramatic, but basically saying, you know, not going into doctrine, not going into, oh, Romans says this, and we, the cross meant this, but, but talking about your own experience and what your, your own <coughs> encounter with the Lord. Uh, you know, the, the thing about it is that makes this particular podcast so much different than other podcasts and other things of faith is is this the people that we're dealing with we're dealing with men who are leaders they're leaders of their family they're responsible at work they're leading in their community but not many of them have mentors they may go to church, they may watch Christian broadcasting, but the vast majority of people that are on a serious uh, faith walk do a fair amount of self-cultivation. 
And I find that with myself. I have various types of input, but not all of them are what you would say are traditional ways of getting that kind of information or feedback. It, it's like a quilt. It, it takes, I'll do Christian, watch Christian programming, I'll read some texts, I'll go out in the mission field and actually experience it, or I'll sit here with you guys and talk about it and apply it to a man. It, it, it takes all of that to help me to go along this, this faith walk. And I think, that's, I think that's so much different than what most people feel. Most people feel, just like what you said, Steve, that somebody is going to change them by saying, you need to become a Christian or you're going to hell. I, I, can, I can guarantee you that that will probably change exactly nobody. <laughs> you know, you yeah. see the, those billboards out on, uh, on a, I think up on Highway 71 to Austin. There's a few of them. Are um, you going to hell? Right. It's got fire going, and like we used to say, that's, a lot more that's, of that. But as, yeah, but as they as they say, that's that's kind of you're not that's you're not your message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the interesting, yeah, and the greatest commandment Jesus said we might talk about a little later is. is is First Corinthians thirteen, mm-hmm. and that's love commandment. After all, everything else is covered. Uh, go ahead, Bill. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our hard break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors; we're just regular guys. And this is podcast number one thirty-one. Hard to believe. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 131, and we're so glad you're here. What we do is... We dig into a scripture, we update it, we apply it to the unique men condition of the 21st century, and we have a basic panel discussion, and that's what we're here, we're talking about. We're talking about the Great Commission, and with Mr. Michael Cropper, who's a prosecutor and attorney, Mr. Steve Titch, who's a writer, and I'm the host, my name is Bill Cox, I'm basically a salesman and a writer, actor kind of guy. And he is our beloved director. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Right a couple of things right quick. Oh, oh you, thanks, sir. Yeah, actually, you. I was going to let Steve had something uh, oh. that he wanted to talk about real quick uh, oh, that you were so going to bring can, up. Can I give two definitions real quick, which we hadn't really Go ahead, said. do it. Folks, you might already know what these mean, but just real quick, two simple definitions. Great Commission. Commission is 
an instruction, a command, or a duty given to a person or a group of people. And the example would be he received a commission to act as an informer. So it, it's very simple. That's how they came up with the word commission uh, on, on Jesus directing the apostles and disciples to go and teach the gospel. And then the second... And I second, work on commission. Yes, you work on commission too. That's another form of it. <laughs> the second one is disciple. What is a disciple, folks? I know we've heard it. We, we just assume everybody knows exactly what it means. But just in case you're turning, tuning in for the first time and you haven't been to church and heard this mentioned a lot of times or put it in context, it's generally one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. And like I said, those are just two real simple definitions. Okay, a student. Um, I, I do. Right. You're, you're making me offer. I'm, I'm going to break in with with something different. Um, uh, as as Bill notes at the beginning of every podcast, we're we're based here in Houston. Uh, the Houston Food Bank, which is one of the largest food banks. Oh, it's huge. In the country, um, it is. It is not when it, it sounds. It's it's not a small thing. It's it's probably analogous to a, a grocery store's distribution point. Uh, the Houston Food Bank. Uh, serves about uh, serves about hundreds hundreds of food pantries in 18 counties in southeast Texas. Uh, it feeds about 800,000 people annually. Uh, last week, unfortunately, they had a major failure of their refrigeration system and lost about two million pounds worth of perishable food, fresh produce, dairy products. Gone had to be discarded. Uh, it was uh, in truckloads. I think it's 62 truckloads. I read uh, right before wow. the holiday season, and uh, it's going to cost between the replacement of the food and the repair about three million dollars to uh, to repair. And um, the the community is already stepping up. But I did want to put a word in. I volunteered there once. So did Kyle. It is a huge operation. Uh, and does a hell uh, does a heck of a lot of yeah. <laughs> this is a man's show. Go ahead. Does a heck of a lot of, of good work here in Houston. Go to its site, HoustonFoodBank.org. They do accept donations. Uh, There's some more details about the emergency they had, and certainly lots of information about how they support both uh, both secular and religious food banks throughout Southeast Texas. Let me and encourage you a little bit more on that. Mm -hmm. They are tax deductible, well, folks, if you don't are. give, of course, to right. charities, right, if you do. Right, right. But mm -hmm. I, I want to encourage you, folks, if, if you give to charities, and I've been giving charities for a long time, and I'm sure you guys have too. Right. Oh, thank you. Uh, on the charities, folks, you can look up how are the, the percentage that they spend money on their purpose, okay? Houston Food Bank is about the highest percentage of any charity of the United States. They spend about 98% of their funds on the food and the designated use of that food to give to poor people and people wow. in need. It's unbelievable. Wow. I discovered them a couple of years ago, and I've been giving to them as, as one of the designated charities. And the reason I say that, folks, you can look up other charities. And I don't want to mention names, but some of them give from 50 to 60% and they spend the rest of the money on administrative expenses, right. um, publish eight, uh, publications asking for more money, and sometimes the CEOs or presidents make an enormous salary. And you right. might want to start doing that if you have never done that before. And Houston Food Bank's CEO does not make a high salary. Look it up. You're welcome to look it up. And, and, and again, 
uh, what Steve is saying, I've known about them for quite some time, and uh, I, I highly recommend what he, and endorse what he just spoke to you about. Houston uh, well, you know, and that's a, Steve, that was a great description, because the Houston Food Bank, he called it uh, essentially the food distribution point, because I, I uh, volunteer at Loaves and Fishes, which is essentially the retail point, where whereas they feed 300 to 400 meals per per meal, servings per meal. So they go about 1,200 per day. Whereas, and they have to get the supplies, and they don't have the facilities, even though our church has helped sponsor getting the subsies and all the refrigerator systems, but they make they make so many meals that they have to have deliveries every couple of days in order to keep up with the amount of food they go through. So I'm assuming that a fair amount of that goes through the food bank to come there to make sure that they're stocked up. Uh, and, and this is, folks, we are encouraging. This is one of the ways you can fulfill the Great Commission. Right. Well, Whether, I'll, just I'll, I'll give a little anecdote because I did it volunteer there. Uh, you do see, it, it, it gives you pause because you do get an example of, the, of many ways the food that does go to waste or at least doesn't end up on supermarket shelves. We were doing produce. Uh, now you go into the produce section of your supermarket and you see very nice, attractive, colorful vegetables. You see, we were, do we were, we were actually peeling and chopping carrots. Um, all the carrots that come in are kind of all, they're all kind of misshapen. Now, now you, you were on a pig farm, but out of a right. farm, you should know this. Uh, carrots, carrots are not all nice and straight and, and have that, you know, that cone shape. Right. Uh, there, and, and the, that the, the food, and it's, and it's a lot of it, that gets rejected by the packagers ends up at the food bank, and it feeds a lot of people, but it's kind of awesome. In a in in his way, it's how how much how much food does not even get through the packaging process? Well, th that's right. It but what they have to do is they have to process it. Mm -hmm. So whereas you, you when you find the raw carrots, it's all the ones that look like Bugs Bunny just pulled them out of the ground. Whereas if you were actually on a farm raising carrots and you pulled them out of the ground, they would not all look like the ones Bugs pulled out. You know, plain and simple. But hey, thanks for that. Thanks for that update, Steve. Okay, I've got a couple things, folks. Um, Steve uh, inferred to this, and maybe Bill talked about this also. And the question is: Is is Jesus' great commission directed to everybody to go out and win people to Christ, or is there other ways you can you can participate in the great commission without directly uh, talking? to people out on the street if you get nervous or you don't like the confrontations. And by the way, it doesn't have to all be confrontation, confrontational. I'm an attorney. I like confrontation you in the courtroom. You do like confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. But anyway, yeah. uh, a couple things. Um, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and uh, we alluded to this a little bit earlier, and, and he, and, and, and a couple of the things he said was, there are some himself, and he himself, uh, Christ gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, 
some pastors, some teachers, and some for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, that's the first thing I want to say, folks. There's more than just going out on the street. You may not have the, the good presentation to win people on the street or confront them or want to confront them, but you can witness by sharing your own testimony with Christ if, in fact, you do talk to people about the Lord. In other words, you don't have to go out and say you're going to hell, like I said earlier, if you don't know Christ. Instead, you can say, you know, this is what changed my life. Christ came to my life and changed me. Uh, he took me from over here, A, to point B. And, and I can tell you, folks, he did that for me when I was 19 years old. I think that we can assume that uh, the people that feel that they have the gift of pastoral leadership and they're able to evangelize, that they're out there doing it. Because they, that is it comes a natural. Genu- to it comes them. natural. It's a genuine. It's a genuine gift they have. Like Earl, who goes mm-hmm. to our church. Earl is just a natural at it. Mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of guys that are listening to this podcast are probably more like me. They would rather do something than say something. I think a big part about affecting people and bringing them into the kingdom is paying attention to your surroundings and caring about people. The big problem that I have, and maybe some of you guys have it out there, I get so focused on my own personal goals that I will drive past physically or just mentally block out needs that I see that are right there in front of me, not only in my community, but basically even on my own street. Take time to pay attention to your surroundings and give of yourself because it's not always necessarily money it's not necessarily your expertise but it can just be your time and the fact that someone cares for that person particularly nowadays that's that's huge giving a little bit of your time is very is very big and that may be more important than giving money to charity because mm-hmm. you're giving of yourself, right, Bill? And that's much more valuable in some instances. Like you said, when you go down, you've told us before that you go down and meet with some of the men and right. the individuals at Loven Fishes when you feed the homeless. Is that correct? That's what you guys do? That's right. And I, I, I like to hang out with them a little bit <laughs> just because I like, I'm kind of a people person. And... It's amazing after they've seen you for a little bit and they know that you're not scared of them and you're not repulsed by them because there's no showers or anything out there, you know, but you're willing to treat them like a human being. That is so important. I, I won't deal with it too much, but I've had a couple of experiences where I worked 
with people, I've worked with fellow church people at either thrift stores or food banks, and there's still a we are we, they are they, us versus them. Um, maybe it's very subtly psychological, but you'll you'll hear if you're the if you're if it's your first day there, uh, the person training you will always talk about. Well, they'll do this, they'll do that. Um, there's something very important about breaking down that barrier that I'm over here and he's over there and I'm doing him a favor. Uh, the idea of actually getting to know someone, that is really important. That, that breaks down the classic social class barriers, the race barriers. You no longer see that person as a homeless person or a smelly person or a person who's you know on the street you you begin to understand that person as an individual as some as a human being and that's that i think above all is inherently christian uh you don't see that anywhere you don't you're not called really in any other belief system to to basically create empathy, to let you to, to value empathy, uh, to say that person is a fellow human being, period. It doesn't matter where he stands on the economic or social value scale or racial value scale or ethnic value scale or even religious value scale. He is he or she is a child of God created in the image. And that is that is something that is something that I think in some cases holds up uh, Christian ministry and Christian witnessing because it's almost natural you want to be on the high ground you want to be uh, the guy the person and and maybe sometimes it comes naturally to men because you you want to be the boss I'm here to do something for you right and right. I I don't think I you, you look you look through it, and of course, Jesus was God, but Jesus never approached anybody with that. He approached mostly with questions and went to people where they were. Uh, and I think, and I think it's a human habit. I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out, but it's it takes work to get past. Uh, but that's that's the illustration right there. You know, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> Kyle is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And uh, he drives around all the time because he's a salesman, does insurance and stuff. And at one time, he was telling me during the summer, he, uh, he would stop, I mean, and when the panhandlers, and he'd give them water. And uh, so I, I thought that was so awesome. And uh, so one time, uh, as I was uh, uh, driving by, I was having a bad day. And so, and every after this happened, I always started calling it rent a friend, because I was taking a survey of the people that I gave money to. They don't say God bless you every time, but it was eight out of ten said God bless you, and the other two people said thank you. Okay, but this one guy, he works the same corner, and so I see him all the time. He wears. I always make comments of his hat and everything and uh, I'm kind of a fat guy and 
my my wife was making sure that I get out of diet and everything. But I bought two for one uh, burritos and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And so, and so I, saw, I saw him, and I'd already eaten one. And I, I go, hey, I go, hey, dude, you hungry? He goes, yeah, I'm hungry. I gave him the burrito. He, he looks at me and goes, you didn't spit in it, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was having a bad day, but that interaction cheered me up so much. I laughed about that all afternoon. And by interacting with, you can go through life in fear, but the reality is, you, the more you interact with your surroundings, the more comfortable you become. And I think that, if anything else, one of the biggest things that I've learned about going out and helping at the soup kitchen and dealing with panhandlers and stuff. Um, I don't roll up my windows and lock my doors anymore when I see them. Typically, I roll my windows down and say, Hey, dude. <laughs> you want a burrito? <laughs> it makes you feel better when you get home when your wife asks you. You're right. You How your many diet? did you have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only one. Okay. Well, we're getting down to the end of the podcast and want to go around the room one more time and basically get a summary and, and not only of this particular lesson but this uh, this is the end of the of the commandments uh, and so I'd like to get basically a summary of uh, of this whole study and if you've never had uh, and certainly I was in pretty much in church my whole life and never certainly studied as in depth as I have uh, with this and if you want uh, it it was very convicting but also very enlightening so I think we started at uh, what podcast 120 we we started we started this to to really to make to be a completist uh, I guess you could count back uh, 13 podcasts ago uh, we started with the kind of the introductory podcast on what really the Ten Commandments stands for as a whole in this day and age, and that's where we talked about nihilism. We talked about the values. Oh, that of was great. Culture. So that, yeah. that that's that I guess would be the first part. But then, well, you know, if you're a pick and choose type of guy, uh, you pretty much identify what they are in the titles. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Some of those are very creative, and those are all archived on our SoundCloud. Uh, so you can go ahead and, 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 and find them. So that would be starting at, uh, what, 118. So, and with that, go ahead and start with a summary. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yes, folks. Uh, you can be a disciple. You can be a disciple. It doesn't necessarily mean you're out preaching the Word of God or beating people over the head with the Bible. Instead, folks, what, what we want to impress with you is to give of yourself. Give of yourself, uh, whether it's in time, money, effort, spend time talking to people. You disciple people when you tell them maybe your life and how the Lord has directed you in your life. And uh, just a couple of scriptures behind this, I want to back up and I'll get at, at the end of these scriptures, I'll, I'll point out what I'm getting at here. Again, this is 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 28. And, and there are different persons 
that work in the body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church. First, he's appointed apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Is everyone an apostle? Is everyone a prophet? Is everyone a teacher? Are all workers of miracles? And this is, by the way, this is Paul teaching, I believe. And do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gift. And yet I will show you a more excellent way. And that's, and he says, Though I speak with the tongues of angels, men and angels, but I do not have love, I am just a sounding breath or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I do not have love, I have nothing. What Bill's been sharing with you and Steve has now talked about, folks, when you give of yourself, give of love. This is the most important thing we can do, and this is the most thing, I, I, very important thing if you're going to disciple someone to Christ. Excellent, excellent. Mr. Steve Titch. Not much I can add to that other than um, go, you know, Go with the gifts that God gave you, as, as Paul, Paul wrote. You're, you're not being called on your church, or, or you shouldn't be, to do things that you are not capable of doing. You may be challenged to develop talents you have, but you, and God won't call you to that. If you if you're suddenly think you should be preaching on a street corner and you you are like Moses, slow of speech and slow of tongue, you probably aren't really being called to that. Uh, there may be, and, and as in with every army uh, or navy, <laughs> right, there, are, there are logistics, there are, there are, there are there, the, the, you know, the, the navy has its aviators, but it also has the guys who make sure those planes can fly. And they're just as important. Uh, the pilots will tell you that. So there is a role for you in the Great Commission. Uh, pray about it. Uh, ask about it. S you know, s look at what you're doing now and maybe what you're, what you're moved to do. Uh, but really, part, it, it is as I'm glad we, we emphasize that at the end. It is about love, first and foremost, and those fruits of the Spirit. And... Uh, that's the, really the way you have to be doing it, because if it's not there, it, it isn't, you're not going to be successful. Excellent. The only thing that I would like to add is, certainly in this society, uh, we're polarized, we, we all get in our own corners, and porcupines are lonely, whereas if you love, and if you love the people around you, and you take time to interact with your surroundings, you won't be a porcupine. You won't be lonely. And you'll maximize, I, I believe, what God has really got in store for you and your life. And we don't know how long we have. So if you're like me, I encourage you to try and maximize it. And I think following these Ten Commandments, um, this will help put jewels in your crown. And with that, this is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 131. 
If you're ever in Sugarland, stop by Sugarland Baptist Church. That's where we're at. We'd love to have you. And <clears throat> make sure that uh, you stay tuned on iHeartRadio, on iTunes. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We have a website at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We also have a Facebook page at man-up. We want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. And why local? So you'll go and participate and get in a small group setting, adult Bible fellowship or basically Sunday school, and find one that's for men only so you can have deep discussions like we have here. I, I, I don't know about you, but personally, I mean, the superficial stuff like uh, who, who's playing in this week's ball game or whatever, that doesn't really affect my life. This kind of stuff makes my life and makes it better. And I hope it makes your life better. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.